Great. Well, today we have John Clarides, born and raised in Vancouver. John Clarides is the owner of Marquee Wine Cellar located in Davie Street. Unfortunately for us, we will not be doing a wine tasting during this, uh, this podcast, maybe another time. As a local business owner with 36 years of experience, John has seen our city change a lot since he first opened his doors in 1986. For example, we've had six different mayors, commercial rent has skyrocketed, city landscape has changed, neighborhoods have moved out, and the city is struggling on several fronts. And that's exactly why John is here today. Starting in August of 2021, John began documenting incidences of vandalism in the city, and specifically broken storefront windows. Whether it's a high fashion retailer on Alberni Street, to a family-run restaurant in the West End or Commercial Drive, it seems that not a day goes by without John posting one or two pictures of newly smashed windows. And so today we're going to highlight some of the social issues we're facing in Vancouver and how these tie into businesses that are seeing a sharp rise in vandalism. And we're going to hear from a local business owner, John himself, who wants to just run a business with a safe environment so he can uh, operate properly. John, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So um, let me start by uh, your Twitter feed. Mm -hmm. um, you've got um, almost 2,000 followers on Twitter now. And I follow you on there and I see the constant posts you're putting up. Like I said earlier, there's not a day goes by, it seems, you're not posting a picture. You started this six months ago. What prompted you to start posting these pictures? Well, my store window had that... Uh was broken and what had happened is i just give you the background i had a, i purchased a e-bike to do deliveries in the west end and our corporate uh, corporate clients just to take advantage of the bike lanes yeah and um part of our branding i would put it in inside the store in our front window so people could see it well two guys i have it on video two guys came along and they have those uh butane lighters the, the people light cigars or chefs use with creme brulee and they put it the each corner of the window, which uh, compromises the temper, shattered the glass and stole our e-bike. So that was, at, you know, six o'clock, 5.55 in the morning on, I think, August 28th. Came down, fixed it, you know, put the plywood up. And then I posted it. I can't remember if I did or my daughter did. Anyway, it just blew up. Blew up. And wow. Uh, it went on, you know, Vancouver is awesome, uh, CKNW called, and it, it hasn't stopped. It hasn't stopped. And I've, it's touched a nerve in the city of uh, and the Vancouver residents and the business owners um, because the city has gone really downhill in the last year, the last couple of years specifically. Um, and uh, it's really affected a lot of businesses and, 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 and citizen safety too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a good intro. Um, you know, we, before you came in, we actually reached out to the Vancouver Police Department um, probably about maybe a month ago, asking them for some information on, you know, how many broken windows. So when we sat knowing we were going to sit down with you, we could talk about some data. Right. And so far, we've got no answer. Uh, we haven't answered any of our inquiries. Um, I did pull the Vancouver Police Department Crime Incident and Crime Rate Statistics Report. And, and so fortunately, we've got data here that goes right up to the end of 2021. And what I found really interesting about this report is how across the board, at least based on this data, crime has dropped everywhere. You've got violent crime. Um, well, it's actually as an overall picture, violent crime, crime is up 2.7%, but property crime 
is down 15.3%. Break and enters in businesses is down 25% year over year. Residences are down 22%. Vehicle theft, theft down, fraud down. The only one that's up actually is arson. But what I noticed is distinctly missing from this is vandalism. Like the idea that, you know, in order for a, uh, a business to be registered as having a B&E is it has to be break, broken and entered. Mm-hmm. And now your example you gave, it sounds like they did do a B&E, but from what you, sh- yeah. People don't report it. Right, they're, exactly. They're and that's the, off. Right, and that's the other thing that we've got yeah. is that apparently what's happening now, yep. when we talk to the different mm-hmm. business improvement associations across yep. the city, because we've asked them as well, and what they're telling us is that the data that you get from the VPD yep. is not the accurate data because a lot of business owners are just, they're, they're just like, it's get f- my window fixed, move on. It's a false positive. It's a false positive. So uh-huh. this is what Kennedy Stewart, the mayor, is is banking on. But, you know, people aren't dumb. They yeah. know exactly what's happening because they see it every day. They experience it every day. And they know he's full of shit. Right. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So. Um, well, that's a really good point because like when you yep. look at the data, yep. which I mean, someone like Kennedy Stewart's going to do, he's going to, well, look at this number. We're down 25%. But we look at the uh, actual like street level intel. When mm-hmm. you're hearing from shop owners like yourself, it's a very different picture. You know, the Japanese in business have a, a thing called, you know, Kaizen. And which means put on the work boots and go to the floor and talk to the guys and gals that make this stuff. And when was the last time Kennedy Stewart walked the streets and talked to people? Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's all I have to say. So if a good politician goes out and walks the streets and talk to, talks to business owners. And um, so is, uh, it fair, is it fair to say that you've seen a, a marked oh, increase? I, listen, I, Can you well, quantify it for us? Because the problem is I, we've reached out to the VPD. They're not, they don't have the data. It's not on their website. They haven't responded to us. Even if they do, like you pointed out, there could, it could be, you know, I can, lacking data. But to, just give me some, I can get, give, I can give get us some them. street level intel. Like okay. for guys like me who aren't, or ladies like, you know, peop, people who right. aren't working on the street level. How much time do we have on this one? <laughs> I can get the VPD to reach out to you. Uh-huh. Okay. I, trust me on, on that one. Yeah. So let's just give me, uh, going by memory, starting with my break-in. And I'll just, this is around Davie Street. So my story window was broken. Pharmacy David Burrard and, and Davy was was broken. Abasa Optical, twice in two months across the street from me. Um, Davy Suntanning four times in fourteen months. The veterinary shop beside me, veterinary clinic. Uh, two people were sitting inside some nut bar, walking down the street. Takes the sandwich board, throws it through the window while people were sitting on the other side. Wow. All right? Police caught the guy up by the um, Sandman Hotel. Two weeks after that, I'm walking in through the front door of my store. Someone broke the veterinary's window, uh, front door window. Subway, someone threw a chair through it. Denny's on Davy, uh, someone threw a rock through the window, smashed a car window, and did another damage. Uh, did other damage. The small Mexican uh, grocery store okay. three okay. times. I'm gonna well, let me finish. You. No, no, no. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> um, the, the medical so, clinic so on no, let's, let's, That's let's just Davy Street. I was going to say this is okay. just a. Is off- you're, you're talking about a three block radius uh, or street. One and a half. One and a half off your memory. Okay, so like I think there's probably not much question at this point that this is a problem and a rising problem. Mm-hmm. So what's the causing this? Is it a lack of police presence? Is it pandemic fatigue? Is it rise of mental health issues? Like what, 
What's, I think it's it's all of it. I think it's all of it. Okay. Um, first of all, the mayor has thrown the police under the bus. Who wants to cut the budget? The um, the uh, attitude towards him is confrontational at best, right? Uh, and the crooks, I think the crooks know that. City council also has this defund mentality, mm-hmm. um, except they'd be the first to call the police if they get smashed in the face or as, as we saw with Kennedy and yes. that wine store. Uh, and, you know, someone touched his arm and it was disturbing. Um, I wonder when the last time he was smashed in the face or had a knife pulled on him. Right. So that's, that's fundamentally disturbing. Um, the w- Vancouver has become a destination place, right? Um, we have made it comfortable for all sorts of people to come here. I'm not just being a kid. It's an open country, uh, but there's only so much we can do. Uh, we can't solve the world's problems. Uh, I also look at the provincial government, uh, you know, closing the, the mental facilities. I was talking to Neil Moncton, who's the assistant to the mayor. He t- gave me an interesting statistic, which I did not know. He said there's two to 300 people living on the street in Vancouver with no frontal cortex. That means they're not responsible for their actions. So they're the ones throwing rocks through windows, cars through, through just creating havoc. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they're doing. So having them live on the street and uh it's bound to create these it's gonna problems. create but you know if we're if the premise of we're living in a civil society someone like that should not be living this we need to take care of them that's mm-hmm. what our tax dollars are for right and that's a compassionate way to do things i think anyway yeah uh absolutely there's a there's a you know a huge drug issue in, in vancouver mm-hmm. and there's not you know in reading michael schellenberger's book he he proposes an organization called california psych and uh, maybe we need something as much as I hate to have another government bureaucracy, but maybe it needs to be BC psych. And there's a CEO and he has a report card and he reports to the premier. How many people have I helped? How many people have been, how many people have got sure. jobs? Things like that. We don't have a report card. We just hand money out. Right. Yeah. And thinking that's going to solve the problem. And we need more of an analytical systematic approach to it. That's my, mm-hmm. my opinion. And uh, so to and summarize, uh, yep. To summarize, basically yep. what you're saying is lack of police presence. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a mental health issue. Correct. Uh, combined with homelessness. And uh, the homelessness I issue mean, is actually hom- an open drug use issue. Right. Right. Again, it, you know, many of those people uh, on the street uh, on the street are use heroin and use fentanyl. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they, they're living on the street, so they're being close to their drug dealer. Yeah. So uh, definitely it's an issue. Going back to your example mm-hmm. of all those names you just gave us, those break-ins, um, or those windows smashings, what are are they just being broken and then the pers- the the perpetrators like just walking or running away, or are they actually trying to break in to get? Oh something? no, they're breaking they're breaking in trying to get something. So the most recent one is the, the sun tanning studio. He showed me the video. All the guy took was two thousand dollars worth of sun tanning products, and he used a glass cutter. I saw the video. I see yeah. his face. And that's, that's, that's what he took. I mean, it's in, not, in the wintertime. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's going to the best time. Maybe he's doing really well as a burglar <laughs> and he's planning a trip to Cancun and he needs those products. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, uh, but, try to make you know, a little fun of it, but yeah. So let's use that example of that sun tanning shop. I mean, I, I can't imagine that that's a, you know, a business that's, you know, thriving. No. It's like a tough for a lot it's of these really small. Tough. Re- yeah. So can you, for those, for those of us who aren't running a sh- small retail shop, mm-hmm. like you or that sun tanning um, retailer, can you give us a breakdown on the cost of 
something like this, like when a window's broken. His, like this, that window was fourteen hundred dollars. Mine, which is a bigger window, I, I think I, I think was around two thousand dollars plus the six thousand dollar e bike. So you know that's and, a, and to give us some context, mm -hmm. like is that is that something that's easily absorbed in the course of a month, or does that really set you back? Oh, it sets you back. Look, anything sets you back, right? I mean, mm -hmm. insurance paid for the e bike, but I had to pay for for the window, and that was the. We had one late last year, so that was, you know, that's two. Sometimes that's two in a year we get right. we get broken. And that led to my next question: What is about insurance? Like, is there insurance coverage on these? There things? is, but it's it's expensive. I just pay for it because yeah. it's cheaper than paying two three thousand dollars a year. When you talk to these window repair companies, <laughs> what are they telling you? They're busy. It took me eight weeks to get my window uh, repaired. I was driving down Seymour uh, just today, and there's uh, across from Staples, there's a Viddy liquor store. Their window, their window, still been broken up. It's been months and months. I don't know if they even want to replace it because it's probably going to get broken again. Mm -hmm. It's been a sh at least four months. Has the shift happened primarily during COVID, or is it happening before even COVID started? Um, the shift I've noticed it's just in the last year. In the last year. In the last year. In the last so do you year. think there's some? pandemic related aspects there to this? could be i also think i also think it's uh, it's vancouver's lackadaisical attitude towards um petty if you want to call it that petty crime right and the mayor i'm going going back to the mayor and the city council not supporting the police and say hey we may yeah. the, the fundamental purpose of, of a mayor and city council overriding anything is make sure our citizens are safe mm -hmm. are you kidding me they're not yeah they're not so you think, do you think straight up just having more beat cops absolutely. would make a big difference? A hundred percent. Absolutely. That will make a, make a difference. I mean, here, here's what, what, you know, the interesting thing is what Schellenberg talked about is when you have more beat cops, the, the drug dealers are actually looking at the cops. Oh, geez, when can I do my deal? So their eye is off the ball. Right. Right. So we need to do, we need to do something. And by sitting on their collective hands, uh, raising taxes at, uh, you know, at the rate that he does, because that seems what just spews out of his mouth on a, a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, he needs to focus on the people here and make yeah. sure that the citizens are safe are and healthy. Safe. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the statistics we managed to get from the city of Vancouver, which I think is a, a good tie into to the vandalism, it's a form of vandalism, which is graffiti. Mm -hmm. So we had uh, read a uh, report, I think on Vancouver is awesome, or you know, maybe Vancouver Sun, about uh, the rising um, amount of graffiti. So we actually asked the city for these details and they have a contract, a multi-year contract with a company called Goodbye Graffiti. Yep. It's a flat rate contract. So um, the margins I think for Goodbye Graffiti are dropping because basically they're, they're obligated to deal with this regardless how many uh, how many, um, you know, uh, yeah. graffiti are graffiti events are it's it's costs our, us as taxpayers five hundred and twenty five thousand dollars a year. Now here's the the statistics on graffiti in Vancouver. In two thousand and nineteen, there were just over one hundred and six cases of graffiti mm -hmm. in in two thousand nineteen. In two thousand twenty, mm. it was one hundred and fifty thousand, and in two thousand twenty one, it was one hundred and sixty. Thousand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're looking at roughly about a fifty percent increase, and I don't know if you've got. Uh, let me just pull my calculator on here because if you run the math on that, I mean, this is just the city of Vancouver, one hundred and fifty-eight thousand and sixty graffiti events divided by three sixty-five means there's four hundred and thirty-three places day. being tagged with graffiti every day. Yeah. 
433. That's basically 18 an hour. Yeah. I mean, for folks to just let that sink in for a second. Seven days a week, yeah. 24 hours a day, there's like every hour, 18 places that are getting tagged with graffiti. Do you feel our city is falling apart? 100% it's falling apart. Let me give you a quick example. So years ago, I went on, uh, went, to, went on vacation to Hawaii, came back, and my parents received two tickets on their property because they didn't shovel their driveway. So my brother lives in San Francisco. I'm away. My parents were in their early 90s, right? They couldn't shovel their driveway. So I go to court, places filled with people getting tickets for not shoveling their driveway. There's a guy sitting next to me. So I started talking to him, young guy. What are you here for? Oh, I got caught tagging, man. And I look at him, I go, you know what? I said, I own business. If I caught you, I'd beat the shit out of you. You son of a bitch. You're the guy that ruins the look of the city. So it's a $700 fine. He goes up in front of the judge. Oh, I was drunk. I didn't know what I was doing. 100 bucks. Right, 100 bucks. And by contrast, your parents are getting a fine because they, they're elderly, but they didn't shovel their driveway. Correct. So, you know, as I said, family was away. My kids weren't around. Nothing was there. You know, no one there, were there to help them. My dad has two bad knees and a scooter. So my parents got, my mom's got dementia. You can't leave the house. So they didn't even know to do it, right? Yeah. And anyway, I paid it. It's I a think good it was contrast, a, though. It's got to just show, show you. So, so yeah. the city, the city has hired, I was talking to one city councilor two weeks ago, between 2016 and 2018, the city has hired 1,119 new full-time employees. Yes. At 120 grand a year, plus benefits, plus, plus, plus. Most of them are in engineering. What the fuck are they doing? They go on Twitter, oh, if you see a light out or a pothole, can you please report it to the city? Where are these people? What are they doing? Mm -hmm. Again, I go back to the Japanese method, boots on the street. Yeah, sure. Put some guys out there. It's, it's called PR. Yeah. Hi, Bill. Hi, Sue. I'm Jim from engineering. You know, what needs to be addressed? Yeah. Oh, this thing. Okay, great. Boom. Done. Yeah. Taken care of. Yeah. The alley, not behind, Pantages Alley, one block uh, behind my wine store, but uh, one block up between Thurlow and Butte, it has been a pothole-ridden alley for 10 to 12 years. Yeah nothing's been done. It's a I, disaster. I've lived in the city for over 20 years now. Um, and I, but I spent all of my vacations out here as a kid. Cause that's my whole, my fan, my grandfather mm. still around 98 years old last week, cool. born and raised in Vancouver. Mm. And we were talking about this and I have not ever experienced such horrible roads. This mm. reminds me of like Montreal from yep. like a decade ago. Like, this is crazy. Yep. Like the, like, what is going on here? I don't understand. They're not paying attention. They're all, as, as someone pointed out Isn't that out the responsibility today, of municipal government to, like, take um, care of the so basics, like roads and take, highway, like roads and uh, lights and police and fire? Like, we have the city council that has a higher level than all of us who want, who want to take care of climate change. I get all that stuff. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you're riding your bike and your front wheel goes into a pothole and you land on your head, like happened actually to a buddy of mine, and he was in a whole neck brace for it eight weeks, I think that's pretty important. Yeah. And again, 110, sorry, 1,119 full-time staff. Oh, oh and so since 2016. The, the bloating public service at a municipal and federal, provincial level is insane. And another 500 um, on top of that. So it's. You made reference to Kennedy Seward earlier. I'm going to quote him. On January 20th, 2022, he said, I do think Vancouver is safe, 
It's one of the safest cities in the world. You also pointed out the fact that he had to call the police himself because he was being harassed at a, uh, a retailer when he was in a re retail shop recently. So straight up, do you believe the city is safe today? Not, like not, 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 like, not like that, no. There's 4.2 random assaults every day. Mm -hmm. There was a girl in front of Hotel Georgia picked up and slammed. There was a fellow on Quebec Street who had his th throat slit while he's putting groceries into his car. Um, you know, it's interesting your assault comment is that that's one it's gone area up. that has gone up for uh, sure. 100%. Yeah. There's a couple yeah, I've other got the statistic here. So yep. there, there was in, in 2019, 4,500 assaults in the city of Vancouver. Again, this is just Vancouver. This is not Metro Vancouver, just yep. Vancouver proper. There was only 10 more in 2020, but then it jumped by another 100 in 2021. There, but just again, yeah. to run the math on this, 4,000 in 2021, 4,630 assaults. Divide that by 365. That's 13 assaults every, every single, single day. day. That's like an assault every second hour, 24-7. Yep. So, you know, what's our mayor doing about it? You know, again, he calls, you know, he calls put a hand putting on, on his arm, uh, you know, disturbing. There's um, um, a guy I know, saw him in the gym, and he told me a friend of him has a jaw broken outside of the Hollywood Theater. Just got some guy sucker punched him. Really? Yeah. In Kitsilano? Yeah. Amazing. So, you know, my daughter's 27. She doesn't go down. Tell her, don't go downtown by herself. She goes in groups, right? Right. I mean, when I was 26 or you need in my early 20s, downtown Vancouver was a cool place. Lots of clubs. Sure there. was. It was, uh, you know, there was love affair. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's Vancouver has been sanitized and the life has been taken out of it. But then they concentrate it, you know, on Granville Street. And we all know what Granville Street has, has turned into. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, I, I you know. Uh, Mr. You, Mayor is not doing a great job. Now, you mentioned that your brother lives in San Francisco? Correct. Okay. I know you're a big fan of Michael Schellenberger, who's the author of San Francisco, Why Progressives Ruin Cities. Are there differences in what's happening in Vancouver versus San Francisco? No, I think it's exactly the same. It's just, I have this expression, when the United States sneezes, Canada catches a cold. And that's, what's what, that, that's exactly what's happened. So... Uh, Austin, although Austin is now funding the police, LA, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, apparently it's happening in Minneapolis, uh, not so much in New York. Um, yeah, you know, we, we're catching it here. It's, it's just, you know, it's hitting here and mm -hmm. it's been like that in San Francisco for the last 20 odd years. Um, yeah, it's not a great, mm -hmm. great, great scenario. That's what's going on. And we need to, we need to fix it pretty quick. Speaking of American cities, I mean, you'll, you're old enough to remember uh, former Mayor Giuliani, mm -hmm. who took a real um, a, a aggressive approach to um, cleaning up the New York, New York City in right. um, the late 80s, early 90s. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it was even earlier than that, um, but it was definitely a couple decades ago. Correct. And they, they, they uh, applied what they called the broken okay. window effect. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Do you want to kind of like for the listeners to just highlight what that means well, and yeah, and, so and, and and how you, how that actually improved the streets of, of New York? When there is graffiti or broken windows, if you let that go, then it just spawns itself, and people say, "Okay, that's this property's not taken care of." So more graffiti would come. So they'd force the business owners; they clean it up. Broken windows were were, were cleaned up. Also, what they did is um, they realized that. I think I was talking to my brother about this and um, they would stake out uh, the, um, the subway 
and arrest people there because they found people actually that skipped the subway line, didn't pay, had an average of three warrants out for their arrest. <laughs> right. So that's how they, they, they clean it up. Yeah. I just saw on CNN today, oh, not today, sorry, last week, the mayor of uh, New York, Eric Davis and Joe Biden are working to make New York even safer. So there needs to be there needs to be a get tough policy. They also need right. to be that some the compassion end of it. So in other words, you have tools in the toolbox. Yeah. It can't just be a hammer without the carrot. Yeah. You need the tools, right? And you have a system for it. Uh, Schellenberger talks about that in 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 the Netherlands uh, and what they do there. First of all, it's it's against the law to do drugs on the street. If you are you're arrested. Uh, if you're sleeping on the street, you got to go into a shelter. And then if you um, are, are doing drugs, you know you have your personal health plan. You get better, then you get then you get your home, and then you can get a job. So um, yeah, I'm a big fan of of what you know Giuliani did because something yeah. something something has to happen. Yeah, as opposed to what's happening now, which is really not much. Well, something is happening, but it's not very good. It's not very good. Yeah. Well, John, I think we've done a pretty good job of making sure if a listener wasn't aware of the problems that we're seeing in Vancouver, especially in the downtown core for uh, retail owners like yourself, they got a pretty good clear idea now. So let's uh, switch to the sort of next steps. I'm going to start with uh, municipally, uh, because I think that a lot of people would agree that this is a largely municipal responsibility. I mean, the municipal government is oversees the funding of the police department. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a municipal election coming up on October 15th of this year. Um, and it's really, you know, mayor and council being put up for their jobs here. Correct. Um, do you, I mean, I, this is kind of a, maybe a question I sh you already, we already know the answer to, but do you think we need a new mayor and council? hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. And we have to get rid of a lot of the council, you know, Carr, Boyle, Fry, Swanson, they, 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 they've got to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Weeb, um, they've contributed to the problem, big time inflation rate, um, let alone the, the crime and, and issue, but you know, eight months to get a business license. Yeah. I mean, it took a, listen, here's the, here's the funny thing. It took a pandemic for them to finally figure out their patio policy for restaurants. Isn't that amazing? I mean, for Christ's sake. The part that man. drives me crazy is that they're proud about this. And I think you guys should be ashamed over the fact that it took you a pandemic to figure out what the rest of Europe has been doing for like the last 20, 30 years, 40, hundred years, years, hundred years, hundred years. Like this is not a revelation. I Put, mean, this is just, it's, a, it's amazing to me. It's, it's unbelievable. And they're, and now what they've done, they've made it actually even worse. I'll give you a, a quick, okay. they, they come up with a blanket policy instead of looking neighborhood by neighborhood. I'll give you an example. Across the street from my wine store, yeah. there's a play, there's a building, 1033 Davy, And a, a part of it is really quite far back, 30 feet from, from the, from the curb. And there's a great little restaurant breakfast place called the egg. It used to be called Joe's. Anyway, he's got a large front patio, 10 or 20 feet. And then there's the curb. Well, I said, Victor, I said, how come you can't put, your patio tables and chairs. Oh, I got to apply for a patio license. It's going to cost me a fortune, bureaucracy. But you can take out two or three parking spots, build a fence that blocks off a lane. Yeah. Put your picnic tables out there. Sure. So, and no permit. I'm like, well, where's where's the logic in that? Not only so. Talk about a safety issue. First of all, uh, for guys driving, texting, loses control. Doom. You're done. Yeah. Number two, if you're a server, you have to walk. Time and motion is a big issue. You have to walk an extra 40 feet there, 40 feet back. Doesn't sound like a lot, but over an eight hour day. Yeah. 
That's a lot. It's about servicing the customers to make sure they get a good service. Good service. Why not put the tables and chairs right outside the front door? Sure. Without having to go through this bureaucracy. Okay, send pictures. Here's what I want to do. Pay a hundred bucks. Fine. But no, you know, it takes months and months. Granville Street, just off the Granville, just off the Granville Street Bridge, is just another. You know, you can't turn left on Davy anymore. So trying to get to my shop, you know, you got to literally got to go around the block uh, and make a bunch of left turns. It's just, they've made a debacle out of it, and it's something that's relatively easy to solve. So you've made it really clear who you think's got to go. So let me ask you this. What are you looking to see from a new mayor candidate and city council? Wow. Okay. Um, business friendly and people friendly. Safety. Support the police. Um, eliminate the spending. They are spending a ton of money. Where, where is that 12, those 1,200 hires? What are they doing? Right. They're spending a ton of money on stuff on stuff they shouldn't be. The core services, streets, sidewalks, potholes, lighting. I mean, again, the city of Vancouver tweet us when there's a light out, or a street light out. That is your job. <laughs> Such a it's not my job. <laughs> yes, I can tell you when something's, right? F yeah. Get it fixed. Yeah. Everybody has a little neighborhood. That's what I want to see. Get down to the basics and making sure our city hums. Yeah, I, I always say to my employees, you're doing a great job when you fix things that I don't even know were broken. Correct. Before I even find out it was broken. That's the sign of a really, really well-oiled business. Yeah. And, uh, and sitting the city should be no off, off, no should be no different. Uh, absolutely, sitting around on table and holding hands, singing "Kumbaya," it's just not on. So, John, let me be a devil's advocate mm. for a moment. Um, there's been a lot of what they call downloading of responsibilities from the federal and provincial level to the city level right. around things like like homelessness and, right. and affordable housing. So you're going to have people like Kennedy Stewart who say, well, like it's easy for you to say this, but in my seat, I got to not only take care of trying to deal with potholes and funding the police, but I also have to deal with like homelessness and climate change and all these other issues that are being downloaded to the city level that otherwise would be normally managed by the feds or by the provincial government. How do you comment to that? Uh, he's he's picked those himself, climate change, and uh, uh, he's he's done that himself. Uh, I'm not saying it's not important. I get that. I get it. Uh, but we could have the best climate in the world, but if the city's not safe for its people to live in, what's the point of living here? Uh, you know, I haven't been in the wine business for you know almost forty years. I can see how governments screw things up. Uh, and this has happened, this has definitely happened here. Two things. Again, I'm a big fan. Have you ever heard of San Patriano? I have not. Most politicians and most leaders, I had to explain to Ken Sim what San Patriano was. I had to explain to a this ton a of people. I'll tell you what it is. Okay. Philip Owen knows who it, what it is, uh, but he's passed on. So San Patriano is an organization in Italy, started in 1978 by a very wealthy hotelier. So I have enough money. I don't need any more money. I'm going to do some good for the community. So he took in four people that were drug addicts and said, hey, guys, do you want to get better? I said, sure. Took them into his farm, took care of the horses, took care of the cows, got up, uh, made bed, made the coffee, took care of the land. Today, San Patriano is 1,100 hectares. It teaches one of 22 different trades and has a 79% success rate. Wow. Here's the number one tenant of San Patriano, 
no government funding. <laughs> Number one, if you want wow. to screw things up, get the government involved. I met the owner's son. Interestingly enough, uh, he told him he was adamant about the no government funding. There's also a very famous winemaker by the name of Ricardo Cotterella. And winemaking is one of the skills they teach there. And he's very, 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 very proud of that. Uh, we don't have anything like that here. And I con I've contacted a couple of people who have a whole lot more money than most of us. One of them said, interesting. Um, no reply on another. And I have a meeting on March 9th with one other person about a San Patriano. So what I'm saying to you is the really wealthy people here in Vancouver need to step up and start a San Patriano. Mm. Um, and it's a creative it's, idea. It's, it, it's, it's a, um, it's a 50 year plan. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't all of a sudden start it and bring out, you know, thousand people in there. You got to start small and build from there. And why bother reinventing the wheel? If you got to find a, a place somewhere else in the world that have, has resolved this problem, um, why not just try? Here's it? what we don't do yeah. in British Columbia or Canada is we don't have a worldview and we don't benchmark. And I go to my business, all my ideas that I've ever gotten my business to build my business have come from traveling in, in the Europe or the United States and seeing what other people do because we had a liquor board and liquor board, as we know, is not very inventive, very creative. But they're good, what they're really good at doing is putting a finger on your ideas and squashing it like an ant and making sure that you don't succeed so they can succeed. So it's, it's kind of yeah. contradictory terms, right? So if there's any of the, you know, Vancouver's elite of an elite out there, step up to the plate, man, because, uh, you can't complain about it. You got to be part of the problem. I'm sorry, part of the solution. And uh, we have an abundance of land in BC. Mm -hmm. And I think something like that could be uh, started quite nicely. Well said. Now, not all the listeners that listen to Coastal Front are Vancouver elites. So let me ask you this to wrap this up, John. Yeah. What is it you think uh, regular Vancouverites who are listening to the show today can do to kind of help um, make the situation better? Contact City Council, send them emails. All their emails are uh, on their website. Contact your MLA, it's easy. You can get on there and, and be relentless about it. Mm -hmm. It's never been easier contacting with social media. Sure. So why not use the platform? Yeah. But provide solutions. I tell my staff all the time, don't come, don't come and bitch to me. Don't, I want to, I, I don't have all the ideas. Come with me with an idea. Yeah. And if it's good, even if it's not good, Give it a shot. Yeah. Right? Such great advice. Give it a shot. Yeah. And 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 you'd be surprised over time you can you can you can find the solution. And yeah. uh, I know it'll work, but yeah. you know, just get people people listening, just get on that email and provide ID. What have you seen around the world? What have you read? Uh, what have you learned? And and give it to City Hall and give it to the provincial government. Because I can tell you when you speak to guys like Kevin Falcon or whomever, I go up San Patriano and they look at me like I'm deer in the headlights. They have no clue. That's my point. Right. Worldview, right? Yeah. What are other people doing? Yeah, good point. Before we finish, mm. Marquee Wine Cellars. Tell, yes. me, tell me about Marquee Wine Cellars. Uh, uh, where do you want me to start? Or where yeah. I am now? So where, where are you located so people can go oh, check 10, it out? 1034 Davy Street. So it's Davy and? In between Thurlow and Burrard Street. Okay. The west side of the street. Yeah. Been there since 1986. I've actually worked in the West End since 1977, and my parents actually started their first business 
1958 corner Robson the third where Joe Forte's is that used to be our parking lot no way yeah back in it's a long 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 time it used to be a house old house back there the crazy lady <laughs> burnt down um and uh yeah no we you know specialized in wine cool little producers from all over the world organic biodynamic uh we just allowed a year and a half to carry beer, beer and spirits so we're building that selection up yeah but uh you know full website we deliver and, and we like we have a high um you know uh, high level of customer service. We like to take care of our customers. Yeah. You can order online. And, uh, you know, here's the, here's the beauty of this business. And how do we spell it? Marquis, yeah. M-A-R-Q-U-I-S. Okay. I get to meet people from around the world. I get yeah. to meet all walks of life. And that's kind of the cool thing about the business. That's the yeah. best part that of it. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, John Claridis. You got it. Claridis. Claridis. Yeah. yeah. Owner of Marquis Wine Cellars and uh, local advocate for making uh, Vancouver a safer place Keep going. I love your tweets. Keep posting those pictures. Uh, and uh, we got a, an election coming up yep. here in October. Do your deal. You know, the information's all online. Yeah. You can email your uh, uh, constituents. You can email the city council. What's your stand on this? What's your stand? If they don't get back to you, then they know. And then you know. Know where they look stand. At their, yeah. Look at their tweets. What have they done? What's yeah. their track record? Yeah. Make your own decision. Yeah. Great, John. Thanks for being on Coastal. Thanks Friday. for having me. I appreciate yeah. it. Cheers. Awesome.